Hello. Hi, John. <laughs> Hi, <Hey>. Merlin. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, uh, mm. it's, it's going great. Mm-hmm. Great, 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 great. Mm. You're such a pro. Well, so oh, am I. Yeah. I'm a pro too. Yeah. Well, I, I know you are. I mean, I, I you, you know, we both, yeah. I mean, we both show up here. That's right. Week after week. I, I'm in, um, you wouldn't know it because I am, as previously stipulated, a, a professional, but, yeah. but I'm in a little bit of disarray right now. You know, I wouldn't be able to tell. I wouldn't be able oh to tell. Oh my God. Because- thank you. Thank you. The system works. Yeah. I yeah. got a new microphone and I was testing it out. And as ever, it doesn't sound any better than the microphone I've already got, <laughs> which is pretty nice. And it's, you know, there's two mics everybody uses for everything. You use one, I use the other. Yeah. And uh, you use the Sure, I use the uh, EV, right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. EV RE20. <laughs> uh, RE20, that's right. Ladies. <laughs> that's right. So there's that's all right. of that. It's and a then, dick. Excuse me? Big uh, pardon? What? Say what? Huh. Uh, you know, I know this El guy- Ricardo de, de, de Burro? <laughs> I know this guy, Marco, that might be able to help you um, find a good microphone for podcasting. Uh-huh. What about headphones? Can you help me with headphones? Uh-huh. I think so. Uh, I haven't read all of his stuff, but yeah, yeah. I think he's. I think he could uh, walk you through. He process. doesn't publish as much anymore, so it's pretty easy to catch up. Um, the, the thing, the thing, you know what? Hello. You know what? It's fine. It's all yeah. fine. Think, I'm a little bit, I'm a little, you know what? Monday mornings. Mm-hmm. Yep. Monday morning coming down. Monday morning coming down. My cleanest dirty shirt, I call it. Um, uh, so we'll start you, the show. I, I, I got, I, everything's discombobulated. I'm checking my levels. You got a new RE20 or you got a different, or you changed from the RE20? I keep doing, no, no. I got the RE20 a long time ago because everybody says that's, that's a pretty standard. You'll sound like John Dickerson if you use this mic. That's what they said. Yeah. In you can put it right on a kick drum and it's going to, it's going to sound, uh, 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 fat. It's going to sound uh, warm and punchy. Huh. Is that right? Yeah, right on. You just put it right on the kick drum, warm and punchy. Uh, but you would pick a, you'd probably pick a, a less costly sure. Like if you needed to hammer nails, you, you would get a, uh, you'd get that little guy everybody uses, the one that smells like beer. You know? Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, the SM57. SM57. Anyway, it's all fine. We'll get back to the show in a minute. But um, uh, yeah, so it's Monday, Monday morning, and I am here. And yeah. so I'm just, you know, putting a lot of things together. And then, like, this morning, so I've been growing a, uh, you remember your comedy, uh, what would you call it, your comedy porn mustache? Yeah, the comedy. The com- you, char- well, you charge a little extra for that? A lot of people have a comedy mustache. It takes, there's a transition, right? You start you start your comedy mustache, you're like, ha, 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 no, Ooh, I'm just oh, oh, a comedy oh, I, I don't care anything else I had to say. This is now the show. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, like you're going every- to talk about, you're going to do a thesaurus of porn stash. Yeah, but then there's, there's the turning point, right, where you're photo. like. You're looking at it. You're looking at it in the mirror when nobody's looking at you. You're like, hmm, hmm. And you're always thinking, like, at what point are people going to accept this as me, as part of me? Uh, and, and t- uh, can, can I bring in a word here that's be- that I really like? I've been using a lot of verb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, how has the mustache been integrated? Uh, okay. All do you know right. what I'm saying? Yes, I Because the do. thing is, it's one thing to put on, like, I remember my friend Sam's dad who was a man who was losing his hair in his 30s, like a lot of men in their 30s. He would, he had this funny comedy baseball ca- cap where it looked like he had uh, like a salt and pepper or gray ponytail coming out oh, of the back. Oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. Those are great at sports events. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And there's a whole class where you got an invisible dog on leash. You got all these different mm. things. 
that like really utilized the brokenness coke, of the human mind for humor. Coke, coke bottle that had been stretched out uh, so that it was really long and you could oh, use it as a vase. Shit, yes. <laughs> Leonard Skinner Coke mirror. There you go. There I'll you go. Here's a photo of me. Oh, this is not a good photo of me. My eyes are still red. Doctor, my eyes. The the thing is, uh, yeah, with a with a with a new mustache, you got to make a lot of other changes, and as part of the integration. Oh, the, a mustache is about context. Well, and the thing is, are do your sunglasses work? Do your old do sunglasses. sunglasses work with your new mustache? Oh, okay. Geez. All right. Look so, at like you. you. You get a mustache that's maybe a little bit too good for your sunglasses. Well, yeah. Or, I mean, you know, maybe you were a Ray-Bans uh, a Wayfarer guy before. Does the mustache make you an aviator? You know, are you going to have to oh, go? Like, who's Anthony Edwards? Is Goose? Goose. So you're talking about, like, see, like, there's that kind of mustache where, like, depending on who's wearing what glasses... That could be John Waters, or that could be your boy Goose. Right. Context, now look, right? Isn't that context clues? Looking at you here, you're you're rocking a real undersea explorer look. Oh, wow. Really? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do I look now, like Esteban in Life Aquatic? That's kind of I'm what gonna, I'm going for. I'm going to say, I like it. I like it a lot. It's a very really quick do. snapshot, John. Yeah, I, I see. I see. Yeah. Well, so here, you've got a couple of things going on here, right? You've got um, you've got the uh, the natural lines that go from your nose to your cheek you can uh, also see where my cpap mask dug in right right you've got you've got some um that gives me a certain willem defoe kind of quality i like then you've got the ends of your mouth and you have done the thing where the your mustache goes beyond the ends of your mouth which is which is a style right if you if you if you end your mustache right at the corners of your mouth it's very different very right different. you're the evaluator here but just just to clarify i'm not going to post this just to clarify no. for our audience, it goes past my mouth both in terms of the of the width. Was that, yep. was that latitude? Is that what that yep. is? Yeah, you got latitude and and, and then the it goes height. down a little bit. I think because my kid thinks that's funny when right. it goes down but, a little bit. But you haven't done the uh, you haven't done the Tom of Finland, which mm -hmm. goes down uh, a long way or down to that's a comedy mustache, right? The Tom oh, of Finland. I know what you're saying. I do. You know what? I actually have one of those because I used to like to take photos of myself when I was shaving for comedy effect. Yes. You're talking about like you're talking about uh, you're talking about a, a, a like maybe a Castro in 18th. Exactly, a Castro in 18th, and you're not doing that. <laughs> you're going. You, you're very seriously here, uh, yeah. like somebody that might. Work for a law firm, yes. But in a, I look like a guy who can't afford to retire but wants to. There it is. Yeah, yes. that's a, all there. This is not a cop mustache. Mm -mm. It's an investigator mustache. <gasps> you say I could be like the chief inspector or something. Well, you yes, absolutely yes. You, this is you could be a political appointee. <laughs> well, uh, somebody owes me a favor. A guy, yeah. Well, or or a situation where it's like. Did he work his way up through the State Department uh, or did he I'm, get I've been job? walking the streets in Balmer for 20, yeah, 20 years. Exactly. In Balmer. In Balmer. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think this is a comedy mustache. I think you got to let this go. I think you got to, I think you got to let this fill in. I will. I will. It's, um, I don't keep track of these things, um, like I used to, but you know, used to time was, I could tell you that this was probably uh, a week and a half, two weeks in. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. this morning. So what I did was I got up the one reason I'm discompopulated and I'm sitting here in my underwear right now. Is I woke up this morning, do 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 do, and I I've decided for for two days now I keep meaning to shave and trim it up a little bit because context, you know it's like Sean Nelson says, you know it's the notes you don't play. Well, so here's a couple of pieces of advice. First, oh my of all, god, when, please, please, please. When you when you trim a mustache, you never uh you you always 
trim across the mustache. You don't trim, you don't put the scissors uh, uh, perpendicular to your face and cut a cut like um, snip, snip, snip. Like what am I? What am I trying to say? I think I what, know. I think I know exactly what you're trying to say. Like to to envision this. Imagine I've got more of like a Paul von Hindenburg. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right, like a push broom, yeah. or like, you know, like the father in um, in Claudia with a Chance of Meatballs. Yes. Where you've got this mustache that comes. Imagine it comes out and it it terminates at something that needs to be trimmed. And so imagine like the way you trim the top of a bush, you're trimming the bottom of a bush. Don't hold the scissors against your face because that's not how it grow. Right. Right. You gotta. Go, you got to go. You're. If I, you tell me, am I getting that right? So next time I go in there with some with my my special mustache scissors. Hmm. I, I'm going to want to go like at the lip level and even. Well, here's what you do though. You okay. point the tips of the scissors at the ceiling. Point you the cut, tips. You put the point the pointy part part of the of the uh, scissors at the ceiling, and you cut across the mustache. Okay. So you so okay. you move okay. the tips from eye to eye, right? You're, you you got to be careful not to poke yourself. Okay. And you're cutting it. You're cutting down. You're cutting. Um. Your the mustache is. Imagine it's growing straight out from your face and you're cutting it back whoa okay i got it way wrong right it's not your mustache is not growing toward the floor it's not it's growing growing straight out from your face so you're cutting it back toward your face not up from the floor okay well i will i get to do that eventually do you think oh yeah yeah yeah. that's coming and the thing is you you tilt it out so it's so it's a flanged a little bit you know it's a cantilever john it's cantilevered exactly Uh And mm-hmm. then the other thing I would recommend is, uh, uh, if for for irritation purposes, uh, to you, cause you, deliberately you, cause irritation. No, to to remove edu- uh, irritation, you yes. go into the corners where the hairs are starting to uh, bother you. They're right in the corners of the mouth, little sensitive places. Yeah, 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 you, you already your way. That's the part that I feel like because you know what I do sometimes, and I don't mm. think I do this enough that it's kind of gross, but I do kind of do this sometimes. Huh. And then put the tip of my tongue there, and I go, "Well, there's some sharp boys down there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's coming in. That's coming in thick. It'll drive your tongue crazy, and then it's gonna get it's gonna get red and inflamed over there. So you can you can square it off from the bottom, but push it back from the corners of your mouth. You don't you don't need Hmm. it growing there. You just you just kind of you brush it back from the plate a little bit. You just cut it real close there, and and brush it back. Get it get it out of the corners of your mouth. I feel like uh... it's irritating there. Yes, and I feel like here's the thing: is I was a late bloomer, and yeah. uh, I think you bloomed somewhat late. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. anyway, and I couldn't wait to shave, John. I couldn't wait to have armpit hair. I couldn't mm. wait to have face hair. And like, and the thing is, the the but, but a bad habit I accidentally picked up early on was, you know, it's like steak. Quit touching it. Quit screwing yeah. around with it. Like, if you're not sure what to do, do nothing because yeah. that's that is the way that benefits. Because then pretty soon you're getting cute about it and you look like you're that one guy in what? Like in Backstreet Boys? Like you've gotten a little oh, yeah. bit cute. You too know, much. You, too much. You look a little bit like two times one minus one, you know, yeah. from Mr. Show. It's like I'm saying. But, but, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> two times one minus one, in, like I'm indisputably saying. Indisputably-ish. Um, <laughs> the, I still say understandable probably four times a week. The thing is, you can get a Wilford Brimley, but if you go. <laughs> If you go under it, if you, can, if you go see a sex worker in New Orleans and you ask for that, we you, you Brimley? Yeah, could I? What do you? Well, let me ask you this. Um, my question is, yeah, what's a guy? What's a fellow gonna pay for a Wilford Brimley here? Well, and I think in uh, in in New Orleans, a Wilford Brimley is you get a prostitute that's actually thirty but looks sixty. 
I heard if you do that in New Orleans, what you're going to get is a sex worker who's literally Wilford Brimley. Literally Wilford Brimley. Going to give you a little bit of uh, sugar. (laughs) But you can get under there. You can get under there. You can trim it back from the corners and nobody's going to see it because the mustache then is going to come over the top. That's what I'm saying. It comes over the top. I don't know fuck all about bone size. But like my right. sense is that you're like you're actively shaping in really a kind of a really pretty dark way. Mm. The way that you, the way that that whole thing works is kind of crazy. But um, but the, the, these are, you, there's times when you're shaping this. But let me put it this way: I think my bad habits over the years, the things that made me look like a Backstreet Boy, was that I was trying to get into aesthetic finishing touches when right. I was really still in the business. Of tending my corn. It's, corn was it's, not done. It's all about small moves. Small but, but moves. Small, regular moves. You can trim your mustache every day. Okay. But you're making tiny, tiny, tiny moves. My dad okay. probably t- trimmed his mustache, yeah, probably every day of his life. But hmm. he was only taking, a, he was only cutting like four hairs. Every time he walked past a mirror, he'd, he'd see one hair that he needed to take and it's fun he carried a little he carried a little uh swiss army knife that had a little pair of scissors i love that did he still have the toothpick or had he lost it it? had the toothpick no he and i still you know i pulled the toothpick out of mine the other day and my kid was sitting across the room and she was like what is that i know oh well i was i was i was in a similar situation i'd i'd had or seen pocket knives i did not know that it had tweezers and i did not Uh know that it had um, most of the you get the metal tweezers or you get a toothpick is another one you get. That's right. Or, yeah. you know, you get them both, uh, on a small Swiss army. It depends on which Victoria knocks you're, uh, I guess you know, that's patronizing. right. But the, uh, the toothpick, she came over cause we use toothpicks here in the house and she was like, show me that. And I was like, it's a plastic toothpick that fits in the pocket knife. She thought it was most ingenious. She thought it was like a James Bond car. It had, uh, it had all this. It's like technology. when you learned John, John Lennon had a, had a record player in his Rolls Royce. You're like, why didn't anybody oh. ever get a record player in the Rolls Royce? That's such a good idea. There was a, I think there was briefly a kind of car that had uh, an American car that actually you could get a little, like a mini record player in the, in the radio. Um, oh, no kidding. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe I'm, we saw, I we were watching something the other night. Mm, I forget what we were watching something and it had one of those old, like, I, I want to say it was Ronco, but it, there might've been a fancier version before, but the one where it's. The record plays vertically. Yeah. Like up and down. Yeah. Nakamichi. We had a Nakamichi receiver when I was in college. Uh, the student body paid for it. Pretty And that's why stuff. Ron DeSantis is changing the leadership now. It's all our fault. Yeah, I know. I, I love the new college of Florida being the thing that is in the news and, and somehow keeps being in the news. Our friend Grant uh, just... Just Grant's all over this. He's on the sheet. He, He's on he, the sheet. He, uh, he, I saw him, what, he filed some... Uh, uh, like uh, not an injunction, but he and a group of students have written a, a new thesis or something. I don't. Grant's got a lot of angles. Yeah, he's doing he's doing the angle of the business community, like alums. Uh, you know, it's not very interesting, but mm. but it's also interesting because like a guy, you know, it's just interesting because it's interesting. Yeah, sure. Do you think it's sure. interesting? Here's what's interesting about it is like as you know, we're the worst generation, and we're what? Oh, wait a minute, well, hold on. Well, okay, I mean, excluding the Middle Ages. <laughs> This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash supertrain. 
Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website and engage with your audience and sell anything, whether it's your products, the content that you create, uh, even your own time. Uh, so much you can do with Squarespace. You can create a community on your very own Squarespace site with a fully integrated commenting system that supports threaded comments, replies, and likes. And you can use Squarespace's powerful blogging tools to categorize, share, and schedule your posts. All Squarespace sites are optimized for mobile, so they look great right out of the box. Uh, your, your content will automatically adjust to whatever template you choose. Uh, your site looks great on any device or dingus. And maybe you want to save time on cross-posting. Well, you can. It's built right in because Squarespace can auto-post your stuff to Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, uh, personal or brand pages. All post entries and images are optimized and tagged, so descriptions and titles will be correct uh, wherever you are posting. I'm a big fan of Squarespace, and, uh, and you're using Squarespace right now because that, of course, is where we host the Roderick on the Line podcast. Uh, they've been great to me, and they're going to be great to you. So head on over to squarespace.com slash supertrain. Get yourself a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use our very special offer code SUPERTRAIN. That's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Once again, squarespace.com slash supertrain, offer code SUPERTRAIN for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. We're going to have sexy Weimar fun. <laughs> we blew it all. I don't know. You, you know, as a, as a late bloomer, Mm-hmm. My mustache, the problem with it was it started in the corners of my mouth, but it didn't connect under my nose. Oh, that's the worst. I know. Exa- and yeah, or, or for me, think about this one. I had this one, the one where, you know, how the port stash is growing down. And, mm-hmm. but like, there would be like, so what is a beard really? I mean, you know, yeah. well, yeah, you have to talk point. to Leibniz about it. But like, you've got these parts where there's hair growing, but it's the contiguousness of facial hair that makes it into a certain kind of beard mustache sure. right and like sure. i had the thing where it would never connect so yours won't connect in the middle right so yeah. you look well, like it does you, now yeah but you'd look like you're in like a miyazaki anime kind of like that weird like pencil mustache thing mine would never connect below the lip to the um, the goatee area oh sure until i was older yeah well you know when i talk to uh when i talk to guys about their beards a lot and, and you know you're often you often get what, sure. What's called beard envy, right? People come up and go, I love your beard. I wish I could grow a beard. Yeah. And I go, well, why, why can't you grow a beard? And they always say, 100% of the time, oh, it's patchy. It doesn't connect. It's patchy. You know what and I think is patchy, you guys? I think what's patchy is your patience. Oh, wow. Well, it, I think it's a kind of dysphoria. Uh, guys look uh, at their beard, oh. and they see a patchy ugliness where other people do not. Other people see like, oh, that's... I mean, beards are very individual to people and it's like, oh, that's your beard. It looks great. Mm. But, but when the person looks in the mirror, they think, oh no, there's this hole over here and this part doesn't, you know, my beard has gone gray except for two gray, two uh, brown patches. And I Ooh, think I bet those, that makes you look like a super villain. Well, I wish it did. What I think I about think, like, like, I want to say like, what like Christopher Guest in um, Princess Bride. Maybe, yeah. you know, that look, there's a certain kind of like, uh, and really maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a sheriff of Nottingham kind of vibe when you've See, got I, the I John Peel sort of. But what know. it is, it's not a Wolfman Jack. What it is, is it and at Alan a distance. Alan Watts a little bit, maybe. I think it looks like it, like my beard is, is, um, tracing 
what my jowls would be if I had jowls. So, so the, the, the brown part oh, wow. just, just draws jowls on me that I don't have. And I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's terrible. Is that slenderizing, know? John? Oh, it's, it's, it's the oh. opposite. And so why doesn't the, oh. why doesn't the mustache go down into some cool, sinister, dark, instead of this little, instead of this little flippity do? Yeah. Well, it doesn't make me look like I have jowls. I'm just imagining it. Well, okay. So is that dysmorphia? Dysphoria? I, I, I got to look him up every time. Yeah, me too. Me too. But it's like, you know, it is, I mean, like, you know, without getting into trouble here, like, yes, but like we all have had that thing probably at some point in like youth. Well, I'll speak for myself where I've been like, mm. oh God, I'm so gross. I'm so dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I've got, and I'm weak and I'm, uh, it looks so Then you stupid. look at pictures of yourself and you're like, oh, I'm so beautiful. I was so young and beautiful. Oh my God. I say that to my lady friend all the time who refuses <laughs> to be photographed. I'm like, you know what? Every single picture you have with your goddamn kid, you're going to be grateful for someday. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't make those. I just have got a lot, a lot of like kind of running in hands. And it's, you know, it's a lot like, you know, snapshots, you know, you get like in Brooklyn of the 30s, stealing your soul, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Everybody's beautiful. I, I, everybody's I was at beautiful. A, God. Yes. I was at a party one time. I, I, I had some friends in, the, in their very early 20s who had a kid. And got oh, married. Wow. And at the time, that was very uncool, or at least no one else was doing it. And pur- they, but like, were they like famously, they'd famously had an early kid on purpose? No, it was an accidental okay, early okay. kid. And the thing was that they were in their early 20s and they didn't want to stop partying. They didn't want to, they didn't want to go out. They wanted to stay in. And so what would happen is we'd have these, and our parties were uh, rowdy, isn't the word. They were, you know, th- those parties were dark places. Something, like <clears throat> something could go a little bit wrong. Oh yeah. People were on drugs and there were dogs in the house and it was a, it was a, um, it, uh, the fire department kept coming. Like it was a, it was a, not a place for a child, but they insisted that they could have a child and keep partying. And of course their little boy was colicky and did not want to be in this environment. And, and the little boy kind of grew up in this house and you could see they were always, their jaws were always clenched because their kid was a drag and they didn't, under, they were young, right? They didn't understand. Like, like the thing was though, they, they were also uh, spiteful, not spiteful, but um, you know, like a mule where they were like, they had, it sounds like they'd really made a decision about this and made a commitment that this was who they were going to be. And they weren't about to back out. Yeah, they were going to get, they were going to keep getting wasted and, and, uh, and going to house shows and where everybody else was tripping. And it was not, this was not going to defeat them. This child was not going to defeat them. And this was their life. Could you, and, could you tell at the parties, like it was kind of stressing them out? Oh, it was stressing everybody out. Cause it's like, well, Hey man, I'm really, really tweaking right now. And there's a five-year-old staring at me and he's yelling at me. Were and, they able to like break up? Now it's your turn to watch for 15 minutes or did they just let the kid like play with a bong? Or? No, it was, it was maybe the last example of the 1970s alive in our times where the kid was, was, you know, kind of left to his own devices, except it wasn't the People 70s People were still anymore. experimenting with that from what you wouldn't see it as much, but you know, you, th- you think about like stuff that you wouldn't see as much today, like a bunch of kids running around naked and swimming together. Right. Kind of thing that was like totally normal when we were kids. Like there's also just this sort of like slightly free range young adulthood experiment that I knew people were trying in the eighties where they were like kind of adjacent to what you're saying, which is like not, not so much to say we can have it all in some kind of, you know, 
you know, a magazine sense, but in the sense of like, well, again, integration. Here's my friends. Here's my, at our school, there would be a lot of people who graduated and were still around and had jobs and they would, but then they had a kid and they brought the kid along. And like, it was always a little bit like, I felt bad for everybody, including me. Yeah. Well, and this was a, I wasn't mad about it, but I felt kind of like it didn't feel right. There was a Gen X pro- thing about this example where I mean, there were there was a lot of heroin, and there was oh god this is the early nineties um, mid nineties just very earliest nineties right mm-hmm. nineteen ninety one I think he was born and and um, and our attitude at the time was everything's fucked the world is coming to an end uh, there's no reason for anything and um, and so and we're all losers so fuck it. Uh, and, and I think my memory of their attitude was we didn't ask for this kid. God pushed it on us and that's not going to change anything. It was, it was dark. That kid now is 30. <laughs> what? Oh, no. He is like 34. Um, and he's a great dude. And his parents have grown up. I think they eventually, because the other thing was they were going to stay together. They were going to, they were going to, they weren't going to break up the two of them. Sounds to me like in some ways, maybe they were going to show everybody. They were. And I think he, I think they ended up breaking up, but I saw his Mm -hmm. mom the other day. She's a a prominent local activist. You know, she's like a, and a lovely woman. And the, and the boy ended up being like a great guy. So who knows, right? You roll the dice on anything and sometimes you get a great, you, you know, it all works out. You really never know, John. And no, it's, there's like, it's, it's so frustrating. It would be so, there's something, well, the kind of thing I might've thought before I had a kid or before I was in a long-term relationship of this magnitude was that I might think something like, oh, well, you know, if you put in the, you know, garbage in, garbage out, of course, these people have problems like, ah, but if I, if I have the, if I have a good heart, and good intentions, like things mostly have to turn out all right. You know what I mean? That kind of right, thing. And you're like, well, right. no, nah, you never really quite know. You know, mm. I mean, well, you never know. I mean, I always think about stuff like people our age who grew up like with the kind of parents that you can't tell these kids how people used to be. Not no. that they should, but like you and I know what it was like. You knew like the the tyranny of adulthood when, mm-hmm. when we were kids. And like you at once were like repulsed by it and attracted by it. But like, I don't, I mean, is there anybody out there where you would put down a proposition bet, like an over under on how that person did having known them at a certain age and with confidence, you'd know how things go now. I mean, Jesus Christ, no, No. nobody has any ideas. And like, it certainly made me a little bit more open-minded about everything, not having to be a rule. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you think about, you think about parents our age, uh, there, there's so much. You know, when my kid was three and a half, I read something that was like, well, when your kid is three, you got to play him Bach. And I was like, she's three and a half. It's too late. You know, like you. you, Oh, yeah. She lost her Bach window. Yeah. You carry around that feeling of like, oh, I didn't, you know, there was at some certain point, like I didn't put the right vegetable into her smoothie and now she's never going to be Einstein. And then you think back and you're like, well, wait a minute. Uh, I used to, I used to take sips out of all the, uh, the (laughs) half empty beer cans. And every once in a while, I'd get one with a cigarette in it, and I'm fine, you know, like, or at least mine-ish. 
I'm fine. Uh, and when, <laughs> and when, I, when I think about my friends and some of the things that they don't want to, their believe, trust, trust me, you don't want to know how many cigarettes I've eaten. Uh, you right, you right. do not. Uh, uh, but you know, I mean, God, you know, Mike Squires, like the, the, the cops kicked down the door of his house more than once uh, when he was a little kid. Um, and so you're like, well, uh, maybe not playing their buck isn't actually going to, uh, that's not the deciding factor, right? Yeah. But yeah. The, this kid, this kid, this little kid that, uh, that I watched grow up that used to, the, what I, when I was standing there, you know, like head lolling back, uh, <laughs> insensibly on drugs. And, he, and then I'd look over and here's this five-year-old I, I recognize that shape of a person. You know, like, <laughs> and then I, then I look over and I'm like, oh, hey, hey, kid. <laughs> Why don't you go uh, here? Here's a here's a mission for you. Why don't you run still upstairs? Christmas morning? <laughs> Why don't you run upstairs? Turn the bathtub on, and then uh, uh -huh. and then uh, wait for it to fill up. And uh, and he would just stare at me, right? But uh -huh. at one point, he was probably what, uh, six years old. He'd he I had sobered up, or right about that time. Yeah, and I was standing there, and he was staring at me, and uh, and I said something. To somebody else in the room, like, um, yeah, well, you know, as somebody with a mustache, I, uh, I, you know, I can't eat that. I can't eat that moussaka because it, uh, you know, I'll smell it the rest of the I week. You're about to take a bold political stance. No, no, no. It was something about the mustache. Uh -huh. And the, and he's standing there staring at me and he goes, you don't have a mustache. You have two mustaches. <laughs> and I was like, shut up, dude. Damn it. Yeah. Like, get out of here. You're, you're, you're blowing my cover, kid. Because he was looking out of the mouths of babes, right? Oh, he's know. looking and he's like, well, they don't connect in the middle. So there's two of them. That was, that was my role a lot of the time was to be uh, that particular piece of shit. Oh, oh my God. What a, uh. well, I carried that around for 10 years. Oh, John. Where I was walking around like, uh, you know, I technically I have two mustaches. Um, and also, uh, we as we talked about, you have like your your eyebrows are, are pretty blonde. Your facial yeah. hair is pretty blonde. You you grow a lot of beard fast historically, as far yeah, as I know. A lot of beard fast, but, but the, the mustache, you know, it takes yeah, it takes but, a little but cultivation. That, if you, but whether or not that was true, you you felt true. You you know you felt like you had two mustaches. I did. I felt like I had two mustaches. Otherwise, it wouldn't have bothered like, you. Felt like that's what everybody was saying. I mean, I'd it'll be like in. him coming up and saying, actually, you're an avocado. And you go, I'm not an avocado. I'm a grown-ass man. Or, you know, but, you walk in and a guy a guy elbows another guy and he goes, hey, here comes two mustaches. Here comes steaming You know, I can't, I can't have that. No, and no, so, no, 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 no. You know, so that's why I think for all those years, every time the Long Winners would get up, would have a photo session, I'd have, I'd have had a beard for 18 months. And they'd be like, okay, we're taking a photos for the new record. It's going to be like, we're going to spend all this money, get a professional photographer. I'd shave my beard the night before. Right. And so in all of our promo photos, I look like a Ross gal. And, <laughs> and then I would immediately start growing my beard back like two days later. And I look back at those pictures. and I'm like, that's not what I look like. I don't yeah. look like, I don't look like a guy that's that, that just got out of a steam. I look like, uh, you know, I, I, I look like a big furry fella, but that's not, but I was worried. I was worried that the fans would be like, Hey, what, why doesn't his mustache connect in the middle? That's weird. Is there something wrong with it? Well, sure. They would see that as some kind of a, probably a character deficit, just as you have. And that's what it is, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and I think a lot of guys think this about their beard, that it reflects their character. What is it you used to say that um, 
everybody gets the beard they beard they deserve. Is that what? Yeah, or the beard. You know, it is. It's the beard that you. It you are the beard. The beard is you. Oh. Be the ball. See the ball. <laughs> Be the ball. Uh huh. Well, it's uh-huh. hard to see the ball when you keep talking. Um. <laughs> um. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard to get over how we are. Yay. Mm. You know. Mm. It is so hard to get over. It's how hard we to get are. over how we are, and I think sometimes we think that something's going to come along that's going to get us over how we are. Absolutely. And and if we can just keep it going until then. I recently heard someone uh, refer to this sort of living as living the provisional life. Yeah, we talked about this a couple yes, of episodes. Yes, yes. The, the yeah. idea that, like, I'm just going to keep faking it until my real life comes along. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I mean, you don't even have to be sort of magically real thinker that I am to, like, see something in that where you're like, well, there's more proof that I'm a piece of shit. And and now your fans know, too, because look at you, Johnny Two Mustache. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I was having a conversation about this yesterday because I'm trying really hard to uh, find out uh, who I am in terms of who I'm going to be now. And and we've talked about this quite a bit in the last few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think a lot of that comes down to uh, I've, I, I, I've always gone on adventures. I think of them as adventures. A lot of the oh, time ad- adventures are not as, uh, not meant to be fun necessarily. They're not meant to be, they're not a vacation. Um, they are meant to be adventures and adventures have a lot of, uh, have a lot of things that go along with them. And, and some of that is discomfort. Some of it is it's discomfort. It's inconvenience. And yeah. I feel like a difference. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be too cute with words, but I think what you're describing is like, you are open to you perhaps even welcome to the idea that there are wrinkles in this that you can't prepare for and that will in some ways test who you are. Yeah, exactly. And, and what I realized is that over the last 10 years, although I continued having all kinds of adventures, the actual uh, discomfort of them uh, was moderated all the time because as I got older, I, I stayed in better hotels. I flew in better uh, classes and I ate better meals and I still on paper was doing all kinds of interesting things, but it would became more and more predictable, more and more regulated. I had standards. I expected it to turn out certain ways. I turned down things that didn't, you know, that, that didn't pay well <laughs> enough or didn't look, you know, tight. It's almost like you developed some kind of dignity. That's the thing, right? I got I got older, and I, I got, know that's not a word people like to use, but like but I, got, I got more yeah. dignity. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, lovely, wholesome dignity. The like, you know what? I'm going to stop listening to the world that tells me that I have to always be unhappy, as unhappy as the unhappiest person they can imagine. Right, right. Well, so I was having dinner with my sister. And she was talking about Kathmandu and what a wonderful uh, a climate there is there. And I said, well, isn't it really cold in the winter? And she's like, no, the thing about Kathmandu is it's always about 70 degrees. It's like it's like a tropical latitude. And it's not, hmm. you know, there's mountains all around it. You can stand there and look up and is you're looking. Tibet? Is that where that is? Yeah. Or yeah. Nepal, Nepal. Nepal, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, but she said, you know, uh, Kathmandu is actually like really, uh, th- it's really nice there. Really nice climate. And I'm so all of a sudden I'm thinking like, oh, Kathmandu, why have I never been there? Like I should go to Kathmandu. And, uh, and I'm, and I say to her, well, is it, um, what did I say? 
I said, is it modern? And what I meant was, hmm. are there nice hotels? Mm. And can I go to Kathmandu without being in a situation where I can't drink the water or that I am going to be in a, in a state of prolonged discomfort? Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she said, <laughs> no. Hmm. And what she meant was not that, that there's not a modern Kathmandu, but that, no, <laughs> you cannot just go Well, is it a way of saying that those expect, the expectations behind a question like that are not going to serve you well in Kathmandu? Well, just that there, you, cannot, you cannot go to Kathmandu in the same way that you can go to Dallas or the same way you can even go to Athens and protect yourself entirely by way of making right. certain reservations and working with certain companies and paying extra money that you could insulate yourself from what is Nepal, what is Kathmandu. And I realized that was never a question I ever would have asked. In fact, I would have considered it beneath me to think that way, right? Mm. What, you're going to go to Kathmandu and need a nice hotel? But that was the first, that was my first thought was like, I'd really like to go there, but does the hotel have a bath? I mean, I going to have a bath in my room. And she's like, what are you talking? You know, like, and that's not, we never, neither of us ever thought that way. Uh -uh. And so in thinking about, and that was a, that was an eye opener for me because in trying to figure out like how, who I am now, I'm having to make some choices, right? Have I gotten to the point where, uh, if I, if I want to go to Israel and want to actually see everything Uh that I can't because I'm not I'm not rich, right? So it's never been the case that I could just buy my my way out of discomfort. I can't just have I can't just have people show up. It seems like the a day pretty, before. I get why you're saying that, but part of it also is like, if it were me, I would hear that maybe slightly differently. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there, but like I would hear that as, um, hey, help set my expectations, like on a range for what kind of stuff goes on there. Like you've traveled there, I'd probably travel and stay in relatively similar accommodations, like. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that kind of part of it? We're trying to just set a level of what you could expect there or did it, was it as sort of you're getting old as it sounds? I think what, I think what happens to a lot of people is they get into their fifties and they start, they start drawing a line through certain ideas that they had that like, well, actually I'm never, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to go to a place where I, um, am going to be uh, it, 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 where I'm going to have to have a relationship with bugs again. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm never, I'm never going to go someplace where there's not um, where I, I, I can't drink the water. And, and that is just because, and, and that feels like to a lot of people growth and maturity. Um, those are things that you do. You explore the world that way when you're young and you don't know better, but after you get to a certain point, you don't have to do that anymore and you can go to only places that that make that where you're in a bubble but isn't there i mean i don't there aren't just... a ton of you know the type of 60 year old that's out there with a backpack on is a small small subset right of but, traveling 60 60- but isn't part of it also like when you when you're old enough you've had enough you know miles on the tires to look at something and go oh that thing that's just been hanging around forever well, certainly there's going to be things like you know Mike Squires could not join the Marines today. He's too old. 
Yeah. Whereas there was a time in his life where that's something that probably seems like he could have done forever, right? Because that's all in the future. Anything can happen. Oh, I still have time. I could still, you know, uh, go to Paris and, and do this. I could still ride a boat in Venice, all that kind of stuff. Isn't part of it also, though, like, it, apart from those, there's the things where you're, like, making tough decisions about reality. Uh, but isn't it also some of it just shedding stuff that you should have always known was kind of bullshit? Like, in my case, not you, maybe, but me, I never was never going to walk across Europe. And for me to still have that hanging around today wouldn't make me a stronger person. It would just make me a somebody who's dishonest with his particular self. Well, and that may that that may be what it is that I'm talking about because until very recently, I in my head, I was still prepared to visit every corner of the world. And I was not going to fly to Ho Chi Minh City and stay at the Hilton and take day trips out to um to see, you know, a, 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 a model village. But I was going to fly and buy a Vespa that was made out of, uh, like, stapled Coke cans, and I was going to drive it uh, to, to Hanoi. You're Steve McQueen. And you can't do that. And <laughs> you would look also, so much like Steve McQueen. <laughs> you can't do it and also stay in nice hotels the whole time, right? Uh, and have a kid in school. And have a kid, right? I have a kid in school, and yeah. and uh, and and do your podcast every week with your right. friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but I'm not prepared to. I'm not actually prepared to let that go yet. I'm not prepared to say, mm-hmm. wait, I can't. I I never was going to do that because I actually, I actually was. I just didn't get around to it yet. And you know, what kind of seventy year old do I want to be? One that looks back at at. Uh, at 50 and thinks, oh, I thought I was so old then. <laughs> and I thought I was so incapable then of living in a state of discomfort. But in fact, I was wrong. Uh, I was beautiful then. And I was young and I was tough and I could do things still. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think when I'm 70, I want to look back at 50 and think, I knew then that I was still young and that I was still I could still suffer and get stuff out of it and not just suffer and, and think like, why am I doing this? I could be home. I could, you know, I have literally, I have a bathtub in my house that's just sitting there vacant because I couldn't get around to Airbnb my place while I went to Kathmandu. Um, so I don't, but I don't know. That's going to require that I, that I achieve an escape velocity from um, from gravity that's gotten stronger. Mm-hmm. The gravity on my planet has gotten stronger because the empire- well, Aren't there ways to contextually adjust it? I mean, not everything has to be, uh, obviously, all the way in, all the way out. It's not like you have to just suddenly reach some kind of a, a formal milestone where you say, well, I'm definitely not who I ever thought I would be. I mean, aren't there ways that you can narrow that focus- and interest and kind of reinterrogate yourself about what you'd like to be doing with the body you're in now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I'm doing. You know, I think it's healthy. I mean, I think, to me. well, I think, right. Instead of just saying like, well, this is what I'm doing now. And this is well, what yeah, I uh, doing, doing the opposite or, you know, is seems less healthy to me. The whole, like, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm big, strong man. I'm going to go join the proletariat or something like that. And I'm going to go, you know, with like, I woke up this morning and my knees were swollen because sometimes yeah. I sleep and I lock my knees when I'm sleeping, and then I'm Ouch. like, "Yeah, well, yeah," and that's in the nicest, most comfortable, most commodious, um, you know, 
accommodations one could have. And I was uncomfortable <laughs> as I stand in the shower thinking about my life. But, but, but are you, would you be okay with that approach of saying like, well, maybe it's time to like, you know, change the way I hold the uh, scissors when I, when I trim the mustache of my life? I, I think it always boils down to, am I here because I made a positive choice to be here or am I here because I made, because of a lack of choosing? Am I, yeah. am I living a life right now that is the, that is the result of coming to crossroads and not making a choice, but just, um, but just sort of go. And the thing is I go, I go with the flow hmm. and, and I, and I'm proud of it, but it, you can also go with the flow and just end up in a, you just end up in the shallows or you end up in, in an eddy. And I, I look around and well, it's you like, end up like somebody in a Gus Van Zandt movie, like, you, you don't, I mean, you, you do mean not, a teenager living in a squat and having, uh, well, having, but less sexy. I see. Being, yeah. being some kind of like Portland tumbleweed. Like that's a lot cooler when you look like, you know, Keanu Reeves in the nineties and a lot less fun when you look like Chet Baker in the eighties. <laughs> you know, he lost all his teeth. Well, and I want to be, I also want to be reliable, which I never wanted to be before. Like I, I oh, do. Right. I have a, that doesn't I have seem very sexy when you're younger. <laughs> right. To be reliable. <laughs> yeah. And, right. And, and it does feel like that now. It feels real. It, it feels important to me that I'm reliable, that I'm accountable to you, that every week we're here and that I'm accountable to the, the people that rely on me. Yeah. And how do I not let that accountability be a, be a boat anchor? You just go be uh, reliable in Kathmandu. Be reliable and be in Kathmandu. Can I, you I do? I don't know. It? It's your trip, man. I bring know, everybody along. Right. Bring everybody along. Maybe you'll be the dead weight. You know what I'm saying? If I bring everybody along, well, I don't know. Maybe you stay back in the room and watch your stories, watch your telenovelas, and everybody else, and they go, they go climb uh, whatever. I guess. And, uh, Annapurna. Annapurna. I think that's yeah. a movie production uh, team. What's oh, uh? Is uh, now where's where's Mount Everest? Do we still call it Mount Everest? I think I don't know. I don't know. It's it might have. Four names for all. No, what, what did Denali used to be? Uh, McKinley. What's K two? Uh, K two still. What's North or, Face? No, I'm sure it has. A, I'm sure it has a very long mm. name that uh, that people call it, and I don't know what it is. Well, uh, we just want to let our audience say. know. John and I are going to start uh, start doing a land acknowledgement before we record, so you can all look forward to that. I went to a thing the we other feel day. Bad about it, but we're keeping the land next. I went, I went to a thing the other day, and it was a it was a it was a such a flex. It was a private Such. tour. I got a private tour. Uh -huh. Somebody reached out to me. They'd seen an Instagram post I did. They said, hey, I'm a publicist for a local utility. Will you come? Uh, I'll give you a private tour of this uh, retired industrial facility. And I said, I would like hmm. that very much. I don't and know, man. How many Ronkins does the meter go up to? <laughs> well, I mean, and and I love that, right? Like, oh, yeah. wow, am I going to get, uh, am I going to meet the Toxic Avenger? <laughs> yes, I hope. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so I show up and I do, I bring my little family because I'm like, Hey, we're going to go down into the bowels of a thing and see a thing that used to uh, run the electricity and you're coming because that's the kind of life we're leading. And everybody was like, grouse, grumble, grouse. But we got there and it was, it's amazing, right? It's amazing. All these, uh, all these giant dials that were each one. Was it like a power facility? Yeah. yeah like it? an old power plant. Oh, that's cool. And we're walking around, and so there's a there's a woman who's accompanying us, who is the the official guide, 
And we go out and we're looking at the power plant. We're about to go in and she does a landing null. Mm-hmm. And it's just for the five of us. And, uh, and we all nodded along. Um, and then a- afterwards, uh, we were leaving the power facility and I realized that my friend who had converted an old gas station into an art gallery, uh, that art gallery was just across the, uh, 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 uh tarmac area from this old power plant. Hmm. And he and I had gone over to the power plant a couple of times and peered at it through the fence and gone, wow, we should try and get in there. And he, he had turned this gas station into a, a, uh, an art gallery over the course of 20 years. And he's a guy that's really good at writing grants. So he just wrote grants. Like an old-timey gas station, like an old shelf filling station, yeah. two or four pumps, but not like a Super America. No, like a ding ding, like an old- Like that like, place in town here that's like an oyster bar that used to be- a, Exactly. Yeah, a, place, a place where where people in paper hats would come running out and change I love stuff like wipe. that. I love stuff like that. So it's an art gallery now, and I look, and he's having an event. It's uh, There's people pouring in and out, uh, and there's art on the walls, and there's music playing. And so I'm like, hey, family, now we're going to go from that environment to this environment. And they're all grouse, 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 grouse. We just want to get home and eat macaroni and cheese. And I'm like, no, no, we're, you know, we're, I'm alive again and you're going to be alive with me. And so we go to this art thing and it's great. And, the, and my family's having fun. And my daughter realizes that you can climb up on the roof of the gas station now and there's a rain garden up there. And so she's running around and there are dogs and stuff. And I'm standing, I'm talking to my friend and, and, uh, and his uh, girlfriend, who's a very accomplished uh, person in, in uh, another field. And we're standing there, and I go, it's interesting. I was just over at the thing, and, uh, and uh, the tour guide gave a land acknowledgement before we went into the power plant. And uh, both, of, both he and his uh, girlfriend made no uh, change in their affect. Mm-hmm. Like, and we had been having a conversation where we were, you know, we were each making a reference, and the other one would go, ha ha, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, like, and, and would you read from that? Yeah, well, that's not so weird. That happens all the time. Well, I didn't know what to read. Mm-hmm. And so it was the one time in our conversation where, where I very briefly just got blank affect from them. Hmm. Enough so that, that later that night I sent him a text and I was like, hey, I made that reference to land acknowledgement and got a blank affect from you. And I just want to check in with you. And make sure uh, I'm not sure what I'm not sure what I'm checking in with you, but we've known each other a long time, and and uh, I didn't mean anything. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want to uh, uh, put something in the room that didn't belong there, and I don't know what where your uh, like what your political uh, predilection is or whatever in there in that space. And he wrote back and said, "Oh no, there was nothing in that." Uh, it's just that everything I do now has a land acknowledgement at the beginning of it. And, and I was coming at it from a place well, that's, like... Now, that's interesting. I don't, get, I don't see that. I hear about it. I read about it on Twitter. I, I, I talk about it with Sherman Alexie, the, uh, the, the disgraced Native American writer that I... Oh, is he disgraced? I think of him as being an NPR guy. Uh, he was until he was... was a, guy? Well, he me tooed and, and oh. then every, he got kicked out of all the places, but then... Um, but then that was really early on. Mm -hmm. And now there's this, now people are starting to realize that, uh, maybe we go back and look at that, but there Mm. are people, of course, that never want to go back. And so he's in a, he's in a liminal space where every time he releases a book, it still sells. I get it. The 300,000 copies on Amazon in the first day, but he also isn't invited 
to go to Sketchfest. And I had written, I had texted Sherman a few days before because Omnibus was doing something about, and land acknowledgement came up there. And I oh, really? Him, Interesting. Okay. And I'd Wait, said- Wait, so you actually know this guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, well, he's local and we're oh, about okay. the same age and right. he's from Spokane Reservation. And we, yeah, we've known each other for a long time. Hanging around the same, yeah. And then we we got into one of those things where we would text each other some bit of news and then laugh, comment on it and laugh about it. And, um, you know, he's got that reservation Indian attitude about city Indians, <laughs> by which he means like people that didn't that didn't actually grow up on a res. And so he's got a little bit of a sort of macho take on all the the the, the tribal stuff that happens up here. Mm-hmm. And I texted him. I was like, what do you think about land acknowledgement? And he wrote back and was like, it's white people bullshit. It may, it's, there's nothing, to, it's all for white. It doesn't have anything to do with us. Interesting. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. So anyway, what happened, what had happened was hmm. when this woman did it, she said, it was very interesting wording. She said, we are on the unceded land of the Duwamish. Well, what my family heard when we talked about it later, because the river is called the Duwamish River unseated as in c-e-d-e-d we never we never gave this up the 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 duwamish never gave the land up right right my family heard the land acknowledgement as not referring to the tribe but the river itself and and they and they commented on it independently saying it was interesting that she said that the river had not given them permission to be there i I only know duwamish from of course from richard hugo poems Yes. That's the name of a river and also the name of an indigenous tribe. Is that right? Right. Okay. Except that in the local uh, Native American tribal uh, uh, business around here, the established, the, the Duwamish got disestablished. And the other tribe, and now the Duwamish are trying to get their tribal status recognized. Hmm. Well, the other tribes around here, a lot of them are against it. And are not just publicly against it, but like in the court against it, saying the Duwamish aren't a real tribe. This is a fake thing where the Duwamish were always part of a, of the, of a different tribe. And now this is a group of white people who have 132nd Duwamish or 132nd Native American blood who are trying to establish themselves as a tribe in order to in order to get federal land money or something. They're trying to like, what, to, but, uh, to, to Jimi Hendrix their way into some benefits. Yeah. But all around the river, there's all this Duwamish tribal stuff, you know, like signs and, and there's a long house and there's you know, tribal I- interpretation uh-huh. stuff. But I'm so then, so then, but Sherman is against them or he, he's like, there is no such thing as the Duwam. And I'm like, but you're from Spokane. And he's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. It's a, so it's super duper duper double triple complicated. God, can you imagine what it's like for Grant? Previously a formation Grant, Grant and like South Africa. Oh, I know. Like when I first, I when I first, I, I'd always known Grant. Grant is a dear friend from college that uh, John knows, and he's a really cool guy, and he's a writer, and he's uh, really smart. And um, he's very but he's smart. he's from he's from South Africa, and his family was in the tabloid business. So he was in the tabloid business. He used to work mm-hmm. at the Weekly World News. He was an editor yes. at the Weekly World News. Isn't that but incredible? anyway, and his father was like a pretty famous tabloid guy. A lot of the tabloid guys are from South Africa. But I remember one time, like some kind of goddamn idiot, I was like, oh, yeah, so like uh, Nelson Mandela, that must be pretty wild. He's like, yeah, it's, it's complicated. 
And I'm like, yeah, really? <laughs> and it's like, you know, like I'd gone to see Winnie Mandela speak at USF and I'd listened to Special AKA and I thought I was, you know, pretty caught up on everything. And yeah. But like, really, it's how crazy different is it from the troubles in Northern Ireland where it's like, yeah, everybody did some shit. Like, there's nobody who has entirely sort of clean hands in that operation. And I'm, I'm not trying to do a good people on both sides thing. But what I'm saying is like it, this, when you think, I think about the complexity of asking Grant what it's like to be from South Africa. And, and of course, Grant, Grant is my, is my African friend where I'm always like, you know, listen, if you mean black person, is there a way that you could say that where you don't have to say African-American? Because Grant's African-American and he has more translucent skin than I do. Mm-hmm. And, and boy, though, is it ever complicated. And the more you know, the more complicated it is. I bet you're just, I bet you're just, you're sticking your head in the tent and being like, whoa. Like the, there, I bet there's a lot going on at a lot of levels in that. Well, in, in the in the Pacific Northwest and in Alaska, these are some of the places where you know the Native Americans here were were among the the last to really be. Uh, I mean, in a sense that the cities, all the plains stuff, all the East Coast stuff, that had all. You know, the plain, the plain stuff. I mean, I'm not a historian of this in any sense, but I could see at least one potential difference being like, no, no, we got some pretty large ass tracts of land that we need to clear all the way from here to there. Yeah. So y'all got to move, right? And whereas maybe not so much in somewhere like Spokane. Well, in Alaska, I don't there know. there were whole communities still living completely subsistence lives until modern times, and that was why. The Alaska Native Claims Act was so was so revolutionary, and because the Native American rights movement was happening at the same time that the pipeline was getting built. Oh gosh! And the tribes up there were like, actually, you know what we're going to do? We're going to uh, use this opportunity to get hundreds of millions of acres of land set is, aside. Is that for related of- to like the guys who um, took over Alcatraz? Is that a, a, a allied? It was all a. It was yeah, all a the occupation. It was like, yeah, but that, but that was aim. was that part of an, an allied Native American um, rights movement. Yeah, it was part of. It was like a. It was like a a North American consciousness raising era where where um, where all of a sudden the rights of Native Americans were. This is what happened. That woman that accepted the Oscar on behalf of um, yeah on behalf of Marlon Brando. Uh, Marlon Brando. It just came out. <laughs> Not very long ago. She, did you read this? Yeah. She died and it turns out she wasn't Native American at all. She was like not, she was like from New Mexico or something and just yeah. wore her hair in braid. So, so, and Sherman's really conscious of all of that. He's like all in all of the literature programs and universities throughout the West that are like, this is our Native American writing program. He's like, none of them are natives. They're all, they're all like one twenty seventh. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I, the, I might have fallen this between y'all, but it's yeah. It's, this is like almost uniquely the kind of thing I've learned to go. I want to hear all about this, and I'm not going to say a word because yeah, right. So like this right. is not my um, this is not my area of expertise or passion or I don't know. I don't think I'm really allowed to have that much of an opinion personally. Well, and that's the thing. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't think I have a strong opinion, but I also am interested enough in it that uh that it's the thing to talk about right and that's i guess yeah, what we, i mean john anything that's do. more complex than it seems is interesting interesting right yeah, right and right. and and i think crucially interesting to talk about which is a thing that we're 
that this particular moment in time, now we don't feel like we can. And that is the thing that I think a lot of us feel, mm-hmm. wait a minute, of course we can. Um, we're not, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't do a land acknowledgement, but I don't think, well, what's, what's really messed up is that I went home and I read the treaties. I, I called them all up and I was like, let's actually see what, if this is the unceded land of the Duwamish, either the river or the tribe, let's see what the treaties were. And you read about the treaties. And of course you can say what you want about treaties. The U S government didn't acknowledge or didn't do a good job, but in Washington, What's crazy is the feds had to force the state of Washington to respect the treaties with the tribes. It was the state of Washington that said, you can make whatever treaties you want with the federal government, but we're not going to acknowledge them. And the, and this went into the 1950s and 60s. Oh my goodness. Where the feds were like, actually state of Washington, you have to follow federal law. And I, that's just blowing my mind, you know. So, this I mean, was, sort of like Mississippi in the 60s? Yeah, exactly that. The, the state of Washington was like, well, yeah, I know that. I know that. Don't, the don't, tribes, make, me, don't make me do a consent, consent decree. The, the, tribe, the tribes have a right to all the fish that is in, were included in this, uh, except if we ever catch them fishing on our beaches, we're going to arrest them. <laughs> and they did. They were arresting local Indians for fishing. Subsistence fishing? Yeah, according to a federal tribal right, a a, a treaty right, and the state of Washington was like, yeah, but no. And they they did, I think. They got a consent decree, or the feds came in and said, like, we're going to, I don't even know what you're going to send to the National Guard. So, lots to think about uh, with those uh, land acknowledgement conversations. I don't, I still... That was the first one I'd actually experienced in person. And I, I'm not, I, I kind of looked, I'm not sure what I looked at. Did I look at my feet? Did I look at the sky? I, it kind of, uh, it was a curiosity, right? It was not a moment of reflection. Well, no, it was. Well, I mean, I I just wasn't reflecting on what I think it was meant to be. I was meant to reflect on the first one I ever heard was when I was in the room at a meeting. And that was the first sort of get acquainted meeting at my kids then new high school and they did it. And that's when I turned to Madeline and was like, what is this? She's like, Oh no, they do this. And you see, they do this like, I think before just pretty much every meeting. And it's so she had already experienced. Oh, a ton, a ton. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in my head started uh, like, then I'd heard about it. I'd seen other people and it's like, I'm, I'm not here. I'm not bagging on this. I'm, I'm, I really am not. It's, it just, it was a thought because I have a, a comic bone. There's a part of me that thought it did feel like a flex where it was like, we just want to acknowledge we took this land and we also want to acknowledge you can't have it back. Anyway, <laughs> on with the meeting. <laughs> but We but just like, want to acknowledge that uh, uh, Europeans conquered almost every nation of the world. Yeah. Peace out. Yeah, there's not that many. Um, but at the same time, like, I mean, and I would hate for anybody listening to this to walk away thinking that that means I'm like a, a heartless person <laughs> who doesn't care about what the United States has done. No, in fact... That sent me home to learn about the Ohlone tribe, who was from like here to Monterey. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy if you go look at the map for for what they covered. They covered so much land here, and what's partly so fascinating about it was it wasn't any kind of like a manifest destiny. It was just little villages, village, 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 village. Like just you know, little self-sustaining villages going all the way down, you know, the Pacific coast like that. 
So right. I'm I'm glad I, I did learn about that. And you know, I, I don't I don't know enough to say one way or another and I, I don't wanna you know, I don't wanna be unkind to something that that is like a good and you know, more on up to date idea, but it does feel it feels a little bit like the the perfunctoriness of like how I would say grace, for example, when I was six. Are you acknowledging the land acknowledgement right now? I am. I just want to say that where we are meeting today is a house that my landlord built in the 1990s with his brother. <laughs> his father has since passed on, and really everything I do here, I I do it for you. Uh, no, 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 no. But you are. Okay, so where does that leave you with Kathmandu or similar? How do you how do you up how do you update your idea of who you are and what you're capable or likely to do? I mean, that that seems like a wise self knowledge kind of thing to update. What's insane is that late last night I got a text from a friend that I'd done some traveling with over the years, and the text said, "Hey, I got invited to a." a three-day seminar in Tel Aviv. And I don't want to go unless you come with because... Tel Aviv is the capital? It was uh, the capital, not It Jerusalem. was, and now it's Jerusalem. Okay. Um, although, you know, depending on how you want to read that story, mm -hmm. let's not get into Jerusalem right now. You and the, me. The, the complexity of all Abrahamic religions is slightly beyond the scope of this episode. At least this episode. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so she says, I want you to go just because I would have way more fun in Israel if you were there and we were seeing things and you could uh, tell me what I was looking at. Yeah, sure. And I've always wanted to go, of course. And we actually have listeners there that I hear from periodically. Um, one in Tel Aviv and, uh, and others, you know, sprinkled throughout the country, because as you know, this is an internationally popular podcast. I do know that. And I said, here's the thing. I said, I want to go to Israel, but it's going to require that I make some changes around here mm -hmm. because in order to go to Israel, I'm going to have to. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to have to say, look, you'd probably miss, you, you'd potentially miss at least one episode of this show. I'm, I'm, I might, although I might do it from there, you know, mm -hmm. I'll in the middle of the night, I'll call you and we'll be like, Hey, look at that international podcast. Um, but I would, yeah, there are things I would be missing, right? I might miss a, uh, like a softball game or I might miss Pre president's day, but people here are going to say, wait a minute, where are you going for the last three years? We have not done anything where we weren't all together. And for you to go to Israel, a place that, you know, if I said we're all going to Israel, I would get a lot of grousing. But for me to go to Israel on my own with a, with a different friend on a, on a mission, on an adventure, mm -hmm. would be not what we've been doing around here, which is making oh, dinner and, so you're, and watching you're tying it, television. You're tying it all together. You're tying together several weeks of our discussions here. So you're also talking about the zones. All the zones. Right. And one of the, is this a is incredibly zone? obvious? Probably, I don't know if that was obvious. No, but, I think you've done a, you've done a wonderful Because you're talking about different things here, but they're related things. And one of the things is the like, is the who am I now thing, but also the, the getting out of the, not, not everything challenging is yellow right 
Danger not, yeah, red. and not everything that feels like yeah that feels like danger zone. A lot of it is just challenge zone, and 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 coming to the understanding of like, wait a minute, I also need to have a challenge zone that's separate from the challenge zone I'm trying to encourage my whole family to join me in, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of just normal going to power plants that isn't really challenge zone to me. That's just what I used to do challenge zone is going to, to to Tel Aviv. And I want that. I want that in my life, but I want to maintain my responsibilities. I want to be the right person. I get it. And, and I used to feel very strongly that I am doing a better job on behalf of my relationship with my kid. When I go do something like that, because she's modeling somebody that is, that's living their life. Right. Mm -hmm. And not modeling somebody that looks at, parenting as a sacrifice they have to make <laughs> and i'm not taking her to to heroin parties and saying um you know you just wander around and stare at these junkies while we get high uh i'm very much not doing that well, but talking i'm talking chunky but i'm not but i'm also not <laughs> i'm also not saying well since i'm your dad i can't do anything anymore and i just have to wait for you to grow up before <laughs> i do anything fault. interesting yeah <laughs> And so what do you yeah. want to do? Which TV show do you want to watch? Because I'm stuck here with you. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. That's not a way to live either. So, so all of this just all happened to turn in the space over. of a weekend. Yeah. And now here you are. Now it's Monday. And think about the land acknowledgements you have to make in Tel Aviv. Jesus. Well, it's the I, land acknowledgements all the way down. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That whole area, that's going to be complicated. I'd like to acknowledge the Sumerians. Uh and like, the, who's, uh, who's in a position to, to make the acknowledgement? Because, right. you know, I mean, no, no, never mind. I'm not going to get weird, but like, so you got a lot to think about. When know? I look at my ravine here, it yeah. is so steep and inhospitable. Mm-hmm. And at no point in the last 10,000 years would there have been any reason for anybody to come up here. I, th- I look at well, it's it like and I Florida. Think, <laughs> exactly. I think one time in the last 15,000 years, Probably a young, uh, like a teenage boy, whacked his way up this stream uh-huh. one time and got up here and was like, there's nothing up here and went back down to the water and was like, nope, we can keep moving. We can move down to the next stream and let's see if there's you know anything good up there. Mm-hmm. So when I look at this particular plot of land, I think it was always abandoned. I think nobody ever wanted it. Oh, so you can acknowledge whatever you want. You can pro- you can acknowledge like Paul Revere and the Raiders or something like nobody's going to stop you. Well, unfortunately, I have to acknowledge the people across the way who put rhododendrons over the property line. Oh, see, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. invasive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. Talk about invasive species. Ugh. White people. invasive species. <laughs> Wait a minute, was that a Susie and the Banshees reference? No, P Funk. Oh, I have been listening to Susie and the Banshees. Really, really a lot. I showed I showed uh, my daughter the Jeepers Creepers video. Oh my god! Because I was walking around going Jeepers Creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Yeah, and instead right. of instead of playing her the Cab Calloway version or whatever, yeah, I was like, right. No, no, no. Let's just go right to the Susie and the Banshees. The thing is, I I knew I knew that because that got play on at that point probably MTV 120 yep. minutes, and of course I knew like. My favorite Susie and the Banshee song, I got in so late. My favorite was a song called, a dance song called Cities and Dust. You know that mm. song? 
Oh, y'all city lies in the... Oh, yeah. Cool but, tune. Oh, my goodness. I've been listening to that Juju album, which I think I'd heard probably a little bit in college. But it is... It's. I said this the other night on the internet, but it's almost like all everything that made New Wave feel exciting kind of passed through that album in some ways. You can hear the like the like Zenyatta Mandata guitar stab kind of stuff. You can hear like what would become like New Order-ish things. And it's like, God damn, England, man, they're weird. But 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 they they knew good music to like. The problem is now you can find all those pictures of Susie uh wearing a swastika armband yeah. from the old days, and then you can't you can't listen to that anymore. She's canceled. Is that right? Well did she do it might start do- here. It might start right now. Did she do any land acknowledgments as far as you know? No, I think it was ironic, Mm -hmm. but of course that's not an excuse. Stay out of Poland, Susie. What an episode! Oh, 